You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I just got back from... LA and London. And the week before that, I was in Paris. So I've had a ton of travel. My body doesn't really know which time zone I'm on, but I'm trying my best to stay on top of healthy eating. I haven't been going to the gym, but I've forced myself to walk a lot in London. So just trying to get my steps in, trying my best to stay away from sugary foods, passing on dessert at dinner, It's been challenging because the moment you're tired and you feel like you just want some comfort, that's usually the moment where you feel like, oh, whatever, I'll just eat whatever's in front of me. But I've been trying hard to stay healthy. Now, right before I went to London, I gathered some of my year two podcast guests together at my place just to celebrate them and to feed them and toast them. And it was such a special moment. I did it last year too. And this year I was actually almost not going to do it because I had so much going on with my travel and my new job that I pushed through. Hosting is a lot of work right? Like it's a lot of work to gather people together. Even if it's, it was only 11 girls, it felt like it was a lot of work, but I'm so, so happy that I did it because to be able to bring people together and for me to be able to connect these women and build community, that's kind of what the Naked Beauty podcast is all about. So it was a very special moment. And for all of my Naked Beauty podcast guests that came to the brunch, thank you so, so much. Can't wait to do it again next year. If you guys want to see pictures from the brunch, you can check them out on Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. I've posted a bunch of stuff, but it was really a special moment. Okay, this episode. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It gets very intense and emotional because Ella gets choked up talking about how she was able to overcome this like very rare autoimmune disease. And I, of course, get choked up listening to her talk about how she was able to kind of get through it. But she's only 26, which is incredible to me because she is just so clear about her intention and her purpose to give back and just share her journey of healing with others. So enjoy. She's a very special person and this is a very special conversation. So I can't wait to hear what you guys think of it. And last but not least, I just want to thank you all for being so supportive of the show, for listening, for taking screenshots while you're listening and posting those, for reviewing the show, for rating the show. I saw we're up to 74 ratings. That's amazing. If you haven't taken the time to rate the show, please, please do. That would be so appreciated. And yeah, just thank you for subscribing and for sticking around. This is so much fun for me to do. And 
the more and more I hear from you and you guys tell me that it means something to you and it's part of your self-care routine or that it's what you listen to to go to and from work or it just makes me so happy and this is this is what I do it for so thank you thank you all all right let's get into the episode You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, Soul and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I am sitting here with Ala. Hello. And so we met at a dinner party in LA. We did. Totally random. It was yeah. actually my first time meeting Grace as well. No way. Yeah. I mean, we followed each other on Instagram. Right. And you know when you follow people, like you feel like you kind of know them before you know them. Yes. So anyway, we started talking. And then like towards the end of the night, we were all exchanging Instagram handles. And I saw your profile said that you cured yourself of like a rare autoimmune disease. And I was like, what? Yes, ma'am. That's me. So <laughs> what do you, like, what, how do you define yourself? Are you like a professional healer? Oh, man. Any of books on this? Um, I'm just me. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to describe myself besides saying that I, that I am who I am mm-hmm. and I am what I did. I know that that sounds extremely abstract uh, and it, it sounds very millennial, but I'm just me. Um, I did, in fact, overcome and, and you know, self heal uh my my illness so that's one aspect of that me thing that I'm talking about but yeah yeah I I definitely did do that and it was I think it's probably one of the biggest wins um and the biggest lessons I've ever learned right yeah okay but you also must do something else because like there are lots of famous people you're hanging out with and I'm like is she famous I don't know we met in LA Uh, well so okay so when all of this stuff happened so I'm I'm 26 um, You're a baby. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm a baby. <laughs> so when I, I got sick, I got sick in the summer of 2015. And where were you then? Here. I was living in New York. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to answer two different questions now. The first one is the with the the, fa- the famous people stuff. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of my friends are musicians and in okay. the entertainment industry. And I also consider myself to be in the interta- entertainment industry. Okay. And, and just to be clear for people listening, it's not like, oh, like I perform at like cafes. It's like, Alicia Keys, like casual selfie. <laughs> um, I mean, it's fun. It's your life. Like, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're amazing people in their own right. It's you know, sometimes um, certain circles are they conflate, and I mm-hmm. think people that end up doing really amazing work somehow find each other. Mm. Um, it's like that blue marble theory that my friend Jessica Nabongo 
What's crafted. The, wait, what's the blue marble theory? She says <laughs> she's she made this up, but the blue marble theory is basically that she's like when everybody was created, there was a bunch, you know, there's like white marbles. And there are blue marbles and the white marbles and the blue marbles are the people that like uh, kind of find each other. It's not to say that there's an absolute white marble mm-hmm. people and white and blue marble people, but she's saying that there are some people that mm. meet each other yeah. um, over the course of, of life. And yes. they, they all have like special um, or very distinct purposes. And, and when those people start aligning, then that becomes like the blue ah. marble effect. And it's like, it's like when That's you see, you meet somebody and you see them and you're like, man, like what you do is amazing. Yeah. And like, it's different from what I do, but let's work together to like help help uplift and help support and help heal and change this world. And so she she calls that like that magnetic blue marble thing. Wow. So that's 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 one thing. But yeah, I I, I think that when when people start to do amazing things and and to and be themselves and and carry themselves and and support themselves and they start meeting people who are mm-hmm. also doing. Mm-hmm. This, you know, famous, famous yes. or not. Yes. Okay. I feel like we just like went straight in yes. to the current. I want to go back. I want to okay. go back. Yes. There's a lot. There's a ton. So let's, let's go from the beginning. You have a very unique, beautiful name. Talk to me about your parents and where you grew up. Okay. So I was born. Thank you so much, by the way. That's really sweet. <laughs> um, my name is Ella and that means uh, a blessing or a gift um, from God. And I was raised, I, I was born in Sudan And I was raised in Chicago. So I immigrated here. My parents immigrated here when I was like a year. Okay. Uh, So I can, I basically grew up, I'm Sudanese American and grew up somewhere in between both cultures. Mm. So yeah, I lived in Chicago my entire life, South side, (laughs) and then ended up coming to moving to the East coast for school. It's in New Haven. I went to school in New Haven. And so it was just literally like a what, an hour and a half okay. train yeah. ride from New York. And so when I graduated, I naturally just moved here and, you know, just living the life, running, chasing my dreams. That's amazing. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. What did you learn about like Sudan growing up? Like, did you get to go back and travel? Like how connected to it do you feel? Oh, too, very, <laughs> too connected. Very <laughs> connected. I feel very connected because Sudan is, well, first of all, I don't know if you know this, Sudan actually physically translates into the land of the blacks. What? Like, I didn't, yeah, I did not know that. It literally means land of the blacks, which is really amazing. My parents made it a point to be very connected to Sudan. Growing up, either every summer or every other summer, we would spend it over there. So like I literally am fluent in Arabic. I can read, write. I don't have an accent when I speak it over there. Like I blend right in and I can like listen to me, Sudanese music, understand everything, like talk to people, find my way around by myself in the mm-hmm. streets. I'm very much in the mix. And my parents did that on purpose because they wanted to, us to be, you know, most of my family lives over there. So That's amazing. Yeah. What's the beauty culture like over there? Ooh, the beauty culture, actually Sudanese beauty culture. I don't know why it's, it's really not spoken about a lot over really? here. It's probably because we're not carrying it as much as, as we should. And we're not flying the flag, but I'll fly the flag right now. <laughs> The beauty culture in Sudan is huge, especially among Sudanese women. Sudanese women love to take care of themselves. It's actually just part of the culture. Mm-hmm. We have so many different traditions and practices where you're just constantly taking care of your skin. You're taking care of like your insides. We have we have incense. We have oils. We have concoctions. Right. So self-care before hair. it became a trend, right? Yes. It's like, it's not even like self-care as a concept. It's like 
part of who yes. you are yes. and how you care how how you live your life every single day is like that's beautiful. That's, it's not even a routine. It's that's not. A, beautiful. It's just like a part of yeah. the, the culture. So yeah, we have so many. I mean, we should probably just open up a, like a Sydney's <laughs> bathhouse or something. And growing up, I don't know what it was like in New Haven, but were people or even younger like were people understanding of you being Sudanese American? Did they know what that meant? Definitely not. I had a very interesting experience growing up because so. With the African-American kids in Chicago, they were like, okay, well, you, you're black, but you're not, but you're different. And then with, with the white kids, it was like, you're black. And then with the Arabs, you know, because I grew up around a lot of Arabs as well. They're like, you speak Arabic, but you're black. I was like very confused. I had this interesting immigrant black Chicago experience growing up. But yeah, a lot of people couldn't understand it. They still don't understand it. If I, if I speak in Arabic on the subway or at a bodega, everybody's like shocked. Like what? Like, or if- Because your skin is brown. Yeah. Or like I look East African, I look Ethiopian, but I'm Sudanese. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, so like it look, it's kind of confusing for people, but I mean, I guess I I can't do anything about that. I just (laughs) live my life. Yeah. People are going to continue to be ignorant, but (laughs) it sounds like your parents really instilled a lot of values and kind of protected the culture for you to kind of grow up and appreciate it. Yeah. And I find that when I explain it, there are a lot of people that are so eager to learn more about it. And then they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're intrigued by it. And so they're like, there, there are people who are like, wow, like teach me more. I've never heard about this. And I love this culture and I love Sudanese people. So yeah, I, I, read, I read hard. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and so growing up, did you ever have to deal with like hair drama? Like did you do? Yes. Okay. Oh my, like, wait, what do you mean by hair drama? So I guess my hair drama was I was always begging to go get it like professionally flat ironed. Mm-hmm. And then I like begged my parents for a relaxer and they're like, you're too young, you're too young. And then yeah. I found, and like, the fact that it was like, please let me do it. And they were trying to protect me. Like, yeah. don't mess up your natural hair. Yeah. And I was like, I just want it. Yeah. You're making me like think about, really think about this, which is a good thing. Growing up, I had like very thick, long black hair, curly. Mm-hmm. My mom was always putting it in protective hairstyles. Yes. Like I was always braiding it. Like I always was braiding my mm-hmm. hair. I had two pigtails my whole life. So cute. <laughs> yeah. And, but I was just like, why can't we just let this down? And why can't we just da da da? And why can't we just apply heat? And and she was like, No, it's gonna da da da. It's gonna ruin your hair. It's gonna mm-hmm. mess up your hair. And I didn't really understand mm-hmm. what that meant. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a lot of drama. There was like some identity things. My relationship with my hair changed completely after I got um, sick because hair loss and excessive hair loss was one of the first symptoms. So my journey with hair has definitely transformed over the years. And yeah, it did start with like a very challenging one as a kid. So let's talk about when you did get sick. And if and if questions feel too personal, just tell me. Oh, no, no, I, I want to make sure you're comfortable with the discussion because <laughs> I know it, it's, you know, it's sensitive. And I also think there aren't enough forums for women to talk about their health yeah. and health issues. Yeah. Only so much can be conveyed in like an Instagram caption, yeah. right? So I think it's an important conversation to have. Totally. So you said that you were 22 at the time. Yeah, I was 20. I had just turned 23. 23. Okay. And so how did you realize that something was wrong? Well, first of all, there's, you know, feel free to ask me anything because I've already shared everything okay. <laughs> online, you know, and I, and I, yeah, and I, and I, I make it a point to do that. And I'm a really private person normally, but I make it a point to do that because um, women's health and just health in general and dealing with chronic illness is something that's confusing and something that we don't talk enough about. And people need to identify with it through another person and experiences as opposed to like textbooks mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. things that are like less, uh, that are distant. So how I knew something was wrong, it was very blatant. Like it was a very rude kind of 
awakening. I woke up one morning, one July morning in 2015, and I went to go take a shower. And as I was showering, I looked down and I found the half of my hair, half of it was on the floor, literally. Oh my God. Yeah, my hair at that point in time was like waist length, very thick um, and very, you know, very long, obviously. Suddenly half of it was on the floor. I thought I was dreaming. I, I, haven't, I, I just jumped out of the shower and I ran to the mirror and I looked at myself and I just saw these bald streaks. I looked back at the, sho- at the shower and I looked at the floor and, you know, at the, t- the floor of the tub yeah. and it was just a bed of my hair. It was traumatizing. So that's, yeah. that's how oh I knew everything God. was Oh, you're, my God. You're like, is this reality? Is this really happening? I was absolutely in complete I'd shock. I'd be hysterical. Yeah. Like, I can even tap into it right now. And I'm like, my body's like, uh. Yeah. But yeah, it was, what? At once? Right. Half? Right. I just was losing a lot. Okay. You know, every few days, just clumps of hair would fall out in my hand. Uh, and like- I mean, this is the hair that I have right now is all new growth after it's I healed beautiful. myself. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, that was a really, it was a really crazy time. That's, that's how I knew. And so from there, how did you know even who to call? Like, yeah. what's the next step after that? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Well, a lot of people don't go through such rude slaps in the face mm-hmm. like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it starts off with like a I feel like something is off, but I don't know. Let me continue to explore this feeling. With me, it was, it was that. And I was like, I need to address this immediately. So I called my mom and I was like hysterical on the phone. And she was trying to tell me to calm down. And she was trying to tell me to like use all these different kinds of oils and stuff like that. And that was the first person that I called. After that, I scheduled an appointment with a doctor immediately. That's good. And a lot of women don't do that. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that, yeah. right? People in general will try to self-diagnose. They'll go on Google. You, can, yeah. you can't do that when something serious is happening. And I think some people don't trust themselves enough to go ahead and know that you need like professional medical help. Definitely. It's really important. The thing is, is that the way the health scene is evolving right now is that a lot of people are trying to go the holistic route. And I understand why there is some distrust in that industry, but I also will say this, it's important. You know, doctors are important. Professionals are important. That industry is important, especially when they acknowledge that there's a bigger picture behind health. And it's not just pharmaceutical related. Mm-hmm. A lot of people try to Google what they have and try to self-diagnose, which I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend if you can get it, if you can afford to get a diagnosis and you can, you, then you should. I do wish and pray that there are doctors that take wellness into, into account yes. and that are like- yeah. you have to find the right doctor. Yeah, definitely. There are, and there are some doctors mm-hmm. like that. There are some doctors that pay attention to everything mm-hmm. and that actually really, really care. That was not my experience though, but <laughs> okay. yeah, but, but, I've, but I have since found some. I ran to the doctors and she, she, she looked at my hair. She was a dermatologist. She looked at my hair and she was like, I noticed that there's like weird, a weird hair loss pattern here, but you know, we'll take your vitals and do the blood work and find out. Blood work came back, nothing. She couldn't explain it. Nobody could explain it. Get, I got punted off to several different specialists at several different doctors. Nobody could explain. That kept happening for basically the next five to six weeks. Did you my, have any other symptoms? Yeah. So then my hair started. So as it was falling off, then the, the texture started changing completely. My hair is like naturally soft. You know, it was like bouncy and, mm-hmm. and like shiny. And then it just became lifeless, dull. And it was like breaking off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it looked dead. And 
I, it just, I couldn't do anything with it. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. even braid it. I couldn't even wow. braid it because it would look crazy. Like I couldn't, I, like I would have to like wear a hat because it mm-hmm. it just, I couldn't tame it anymore. But then after that, after the texture, you know, like a, a month later, I started getting, I started having skin issues. Started getting like. And you have perfect, like looking, you have crystal clear, glowing, perfect skin. Thank it's amazing. You. Thank you so much. Yeah. And this is, I'm, I don't really wear any, any right. makeup yeah. on it. But yeah, imagine like I had this face that you see right now. Is <laughs> but then not, all of a sudden it's like. Yes. And yeah. like on my, on my arms and on my legs too, I had like rashes, huge rashes. I got eczema. I never had eczema before. You know, just all these things started showing up. Psoriasis. Yeah. How did yeah. it affect your kind of self-esteem? A huge, wrecked me, broke me, mm-hmm. sh- shot me down. I remember the first time, the skin thing was like, I can manage it because like you can wear longer clothes and like cover stuff up and mm-hmm. like with, with your face, maybe you can try makeup. And But the hair thing was big. Because I had, you see yourself every single day in the mirror, mm-hmm. your entire life. Yep. And your hair is just a part of, a part of that picture. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of it. And I didn't realize how much value I also ascribed to my hair. My mm-hmm. hair was beautiful. It is beautiful now, but it was, it, you know, my hair was, was gorgeous. And when I lost a lot of it, I started, I started noticing that I started looking at myself different in the mirror. Like I, mm-hmm. I remember the first day where I actually felt ugly. And I mm. never felt ugly in my entire life. I mean, mm. I, I obviously don't feel that way now, but that was like a huge thing that I was going through. And it taught me at, you know, eventually that like, I love myself and I love me and I'm beautiful with or without anything right. physical. Right. But at the time, man, like I would, I would just like get so frustrated. I wouldn't want to go anywhere. It took, yeah. a, it took a toll on my social life. I get it. I get it. It's it's so much to process phys- physically and then the emotional layer as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Traumas on traumas on traumas. Yes. <laughs> yes. So did the, did, did the doctors finally say, okay, there's something larger? Oh, so, so, so then the skin thing was just, you know, that's the second step. I started developing over the course of the next year and a half, other, a bunch of other symptoms, right? Like, muscle spasms out of nowhere, like episodes um, where my body would just start shaking uncontrollably. There were, I was like chronically fatigued. There were times, two times where I was walking in New York and I blacked out, like, and then we went to the ER and they couldn't, they couldn't tell what was wrong with me. I literally don't remember. I just blacked out in the middle of the street. I had these crazy migraines. I mean, there are the symptoms. There's a long list of symptoms, like mental, like brain fog. I had uh, my voice changed. My voice like got deeper. Um, oh I had like God. Sjogren's, which is like dry eye and dry mouth. Oh my God. Yeah. My joints, joint pain, joint stiffness, muscle pain, back pain. I was 23. You know what I mean? All this crazy stuff that I couldn't explain. And, you know, I, ju- I was seeing doctors four to five times a week. It was affecting my work. It was affecting everything. And finally they were like, you know, they thought I had a brain tumor, right? And then I didn't need that. I got a got it scanned and I didn't have a brain tumor. They thought I had a thyroid disorder, didn't have thyroid disorder. They thought I had everything and I didn't have cancer. Can yeah, I but. ask you a question about that? Because I think it's it's a skill that I haven't had to develop and maybe some people have gone through this. Having gone through getting a very serious diagnosis that could be life-threatening, how do you process that news? How do you process it or how do how, I process How did you and then how would you recommend having kind of gone through it is, is the healthy approach to processing that news? Because I could imagine that you could say, 
okay, it's just a diagnosis. I'm going to hope for the best anyway. But in reality, I feel like I would spiral and start thinking about worst case scenario. Absolutely. I spiraled. Okay. I definitely spiraled. How it happened is very different from from hindsight in 2020. But how Mm -hmm. it happened, I definitely spiraled. Because for me, I was living a life where like I was out here just trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what I wanted to do, had all these dreams, da 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 da. Like my head was in a completely different place. And the people around me did not, were not well versed in any of this stuff. I did not have the support system that I needed. I didn't even tell my parents because I was like, I don't even know if they'd be able to understand or help me and I wouldn't want to stress them. Wow. So I was doing this, I was carrying this stuff on my own. Like, and, and that's not the, definitely not the healthy way to do it, but I didn't know what to do. I was just shocked. Like it started off with my hair. I was freaking out, you know, trickled into every other part of my body. And I was at some point, I, you know, I actually, at some point I was suicidal to be completely honest with you. If I had somebody like me who went through something similar and kind of was telling me what I should do or what I should have been doing or how I should have been working through it mentally and emotionally, I probably would have would not have been in that space, but it was new. Everything was mm-hmm. new. I was the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I, I'm, I, I, you know, can, I recognize that I'm really strong for going through everything that I went through. Mm-hmm. To answer your second question, how I think or how I would recommend is that the first thing is be calm. The first thing is like, calm down. You will overcome, like you will. And I mean, I talk about this a lot in my book, but you know, worry and panic are the opposite of healing. They're just, just, you know, from somebody who self-healed, they're the opposite of healing. But you have to invest in yourself and put yourself in a mental headspace and a mindset that empowers your healing. And you have to believe that you will heal. You have to. Once you learn how to do that, you're going to be able to have more clarity to deal with everything bit by bit, right? And your body is healing. Like our bodies are regenerative. Like, like that they, that's what they, they are. They are regenerative. We heal from wounds. We heal from like, we heal from trauma because that's how we're meant we're, we're, we're meant to be, and that's, that's how we're, we are designed. Mm-hmm. Do you have, I don't know, I mean, I studied biology. So like your, the cells on your, in your body and on your body are, they renew. They, they, some die and then new ones grow in its place. Mm-hmm. We're regenerative. So like you have to believe that. And then there are a bunch of different steps that you can take. You know what I mean? And like a bunch of different resources that you can access. And you know, lifestyle choices that you have to start making for yourself and people that you have to start surrounding yourself with and habits yeah. and all of that. So there, there's definitely a way to deal with it. Had I known that, I probably would have, <laughs> right. you know, been in a completely different right. place, but I also probably wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here and you wouldn't have the knowledge to then educate and help others heal. Absolutely. So it's a beautiful process that you kind of, it's a full circle moment. Totally. Did you eventually like reach a diagnosis? After everything started happening and all of my symptoms came together in like one miserable existence. I was finally punted off to a specialist. This is the last doctor that I went to. He was a rheumatologist and he was one of the best in New York. He like sat down and listened to everything that I had to say. Very knowledgeable guy, did some blood work and checked me out. And then he was like, modern medicine doesn't have a name for what you have but you definitely have an autoimmune disease. And if I were to liken it to anything, it'd probably be lupus. Wow. 
there, it was undeniable that I had something. And he's like, you have an autoimmune disease and there's like some severe inflammation somewhere in your body. And I was like, okay, so what's the answer? And he was like, well, I could put you on, you know, one of two different medical regimes. I can, you know, give you this anti-malarial drug mm-hmm. regime therapy or like this antiviral one. And I was like, so that is not going to address the underlying issue, right? Mm-hmm. That's just going to make the symptoms. The symptoms. Yeah. And he was like, and yeah, and he's like, it could possibly also give you other symptoms. And I was like, great. I <laughs> That's just what I need. More symptoms. Right. I was like, I can't do that. I can't. I can't. Like, I literally am in a lot of pain. And I am not, I want to find what the actual issue is and resolve that. And this is just not what I'm going to do. But I respect you and I thank you for your time and all of that. And he's like, okay, well, if you need anything, just let me know. I left having no plan B, no plan A, no nothing. Like, I was like, what am I going to do now? I'm not going to go see another doctor or or I'm not going to take any more medication I'm not feeling well. Like, what am I going to do? And so that's when I kind of just started doing research into how to figure this stuff out. Yeah. So, like, what do you what do you type into your your Google search? Well, so it actually happened. So there's so there's this amazing um, herbalist named uh, Dr. Sebi. Uh, rest in peace. Oh Dr. yes, I am very familiar with yes. his video content. I've seen it on YouTube, and he has like a whole institute, right? Yeah, he's he's really incredible. Um, he passed away. Yes, he passed away around the same time, literally like a, like the day after, or a couple days after, I walked out from that doctor's office. Wow. And so that honestly, I mean, call it call it a coincidence, but I don't think there are any coincidences in life. And so I kind of just looked into what his philosophy was, which is basically that, you know, allowing your body the opportunity to heal itself by monitoring what you're giving, you're giving it. And I kind of like just took the base and the foundation of that philosophy and that thought process and kind of just ran with it. So I started, I just started going into a bunch of different things like ancient African medicine, ancient African herbs, you know, and I studied biology so I could, I could read white papers and I could understand like the gut makeup, um, you know, the effect of fiber on the body, the like certain inflammatory foods, like farm to table process, just everything, water, you know, uh, holistic treatment, self-work, the mental part of it. So that's yeah. that's kind of what I, I use those principles after several days of research to come together and make this cleanse. Okay. And so what was your diet like before you embarked on this journey? Of, like, were you eating chips and drinking soda and not sleeping? Like, were, were you healthy and then you just got next level or were you no, really not. unhealthy? Girl, I was, I was eating everything. I wasn't <laughs> like really unhealthy, yeah. but I was like... I didn't consider, you know, when people say, oh, I don't really eat that bad. Well, I I don't really believe you because I was that person. (laughs) Because I was like, well, first of all, bad, I don't think bad is the right word. I don't like like using the word bad, but. Not nutritious. Yeah, like not supportive. Yes. I didn't think I was like that. But, you know, when I I look at how different I felt after doing the cleanse, I was like, man, I don't think I was. I was, I was eating things that weren't supportive of my body. Okay. And I was also not eating enough of the things that were supportive. Okay. Does so that make you, sense? Were you eating dairy, meat, yeah, like processed I, foods? Processed foods. I was eating out a lot. I was like, you know, pizza slice here, pizza slice there, you know, make a sandwich here at the bodega, the bodega da, 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 here, like chips, soda. Like, yeah, I was, I was doing all that stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like in excess, but I was still doing, doing it, it. Yep. you know. 
I was actually the one laughing at people who were like, oh, I'm healthy. And my body was like, oh, you're going to learn. <laughs> you're going to learn today. Okay. So, so you do all of this research. I'm sure it's like, it sounds like you studied this as if you were studying for something in school. Yeah. Right? Because you have to. You have to. It's your body. Like, what, what else yeah. is important yeah. if you don't have yourself? So what's your first step in terms of just doing an entire overhaul in your diet and the way that you were taking care of yourself? Well, for me, I had to, I had to, I usually, I definitely believe in phasing things and, and, and in pacing Mm -hmm. and in doing baby steps. But for me, I had to quit everything cold Turkey because I was like at a critical point in my life where I was like, I might die. Like I felt like I was, I was like literally on the brink of death. I was bedridden, like legit, like bedridden, couldn't get up. And so when it got that bad, I was like, okay, so now I crafted this cleanse we're going to go full throttle into this. And I was like, we're going to do this on this day. And the next day I immediately just like went into my kitchen, threw out everything that was not compliant with the cleanse, started meal prepping and started making food for the entire week. And I was just watching myself and I was documenting everything in a journal. I had a journal for the cleanse and I was very diligent because I was like, I have to get through this mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and I, what type of things were you tracking in terms of, was it like how I feel in the morning, energy levels? Everything. I was tracking, yeah, I was tracking that. I was tracking like physically, I became obsessed with looking at the toilet bowl. Like that's really, that's a really important thing that people don't pay attention to is like looking back every single time to see what the color of your urine is and like how your feces looks. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it sounds, it's like funny and silly yeah. and I talk about it all the time, no, but, but it's actually real. Okay. And so what were you looking for? I mean, I was like, okay, what color is my urine? Like, right. am I dehydrated? You, yeah. Like, what am I, am A I drinking? A lot of people are dehydrated. Yes. People are so, Some people, people are walking around girl, dehydrated. I know. People are walking around I know. this life I dehydrated. Know. I was one of them. I didn't yeah. realize how dehydrated I was <laughs> I till I started hydrating properly. Yes. Yes. Why am I not going to the bathroom a certain number of times? Why Mm -hmm. am I constipated? I was Mm -hmm. constipated a lot. Do I have diarrhea? Like, am I bloated? Do I have, Mm -hmm. do I feel, does my stomach hurt? Like Mm -hmm. I had a lot of digestive issues as well. Right. And so like I was monitoring that. And I was also like writing stuff down. Like what symptoms do I have today? Like, am I having, because I I actually wrote in the beginning, I wrote down all of the symptoms that I had. And I taught, I literally, all of this, I go into like huge detail in my book, but you know, I started tracking my symptoms over the next three months. Wow. So what foods did you introduce into your diet to help with some of these like gut issues? And Well, I say, I'd say the diet is an elimination diet at its mm-hmm. core. So it was more, it, I was definitely introducing new things, but I was also eliminating a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of stuff. But the stuff that I was introducing was mainly fiber-based. I think there's a lot of emphasis on protein. You know, we always talk about like protein this and protein that, and you have to get your protein in, which is important. Protein is very important, but people do not talk enough about fiber because fiber is what builds and grows your gut. And, Mm -hmm. and I mean, there's a whole, I mean, people are like studying this more and more, but like, you know, your microbiome and like Mm -hmm. how fiber affects that and how your microbiome is kind of like, it's gut health and it's how it's like responsible and the starting point for everything. everything. And so I was introducing a lot of fibers, a lot of vegetables, a lot of ancient grains. I was drinking a lot of tea, a lot of herbal tea. You know what I mean? I was making my stuff at home. I was putting in spices. I was, I was having fun with it. I was also Mm -hmm. creating in the kitchen and I was like really 
exploring the process of nourishing my body. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really beautiful process to go through. Yeah. It's fun. What was like the, the one go-to meal that you would just cook for yourself all the time? Ooh. Because sometimes I think a lot of people, they want to do a vegan diet, but they don't necessarily know like, okay, what's going to be delicious? Like I personally love doing a quinoa bowl with like avocados and roasted vegetables and like doing a little ginger dressing. Yeah. Yeah. A microbiotic bowl is a, like, a, so that's like, a, sorry, a macro, macrobiotic bowl where you just put in a bunch, you know, cook a bunch of stuff separately and put it in with the quinoa. That's really amazing. And it's quick. Yes. Um, so most importantly <laughs> for me. Yeah. My go-to. Okay, so this is a hard question to answer because, girl, I love food, right? Yeah. I love food. And I'm not even, I'm not even vegan. You know what I mean? Like for various reasons, but definitely during the, during the cleanse, I had to be vegan and a whole bunch of other things. I had to be like sugar-free. I had to be wheat-free. Just, you know, there was a lot of things that I had to let go of during the cleanse, but I love food, period. So, there was no go-to. I was just making everything. I was yeah. eating everything and making everything. And I still do make and eat everything. I don't even have a favorite food. I just, food is like what, like one of my biggest passions in life. Cause I just yeah. love eating it. It's Me too. Very, I love food too. I love food too. It's so good. <laughs> so, so you're going on this cleanse and then at what point did you start to feel better? Like at what, what point did you start to realize, okay, this is working? There are different steps, but when I went first, when I started realizing that like my my uh, bowel movements were different, mm-hmm. when I started looking in the toilet and I started seeing different things, and I started seeing things come out of me, like I started black stuff. It was crazy. the The link is so direct. Whatever you put in, you'll see come out. You know what I mean? And so like I was like, wow, what is coming out? My body was really detoxing, and then I started feeling different. Like I started sleeping better. I had my energy levels were different. Like I was energized in the morning. I could wake up on time. My joint stiffness stopped. My muscle spasm stopped. My hair stopped falling out. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, and I just started all of my symptoms one by one. I was like, wait, I don't feel this pain anymore. Oh my God. Oh my God. I feel great. Oh my God. I feel amazing. Oh my God. I don't have this brain fog anymore. My memory is sharp again. I don't have these migraines. Like, I feel incredible. I feel like better than I've ever felt in my entire life in this body. I know what it feels like now to be in a human body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I had never felt that before. Like, I was like, oh, this is what being in a body feels like. Sounds weird, but then like three months later, you know, and then hair, skin, and nails that take a little bit longer. But like three months later, all of my hair grew back. All wow. of it. I was, I had no like bald patches anymore wow. or anything like that. Like, the texture came back and I mean, you see, you see it now. Yeah. Everything's gorgeous. And so did you go back to a doctor and, and <laughs> no, I just never, I was like, you don't understand. I got myself back. Like mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I'm just going to go live my life right now. Like yeah. I'm just going to go. I was so hot. Like, oh my, I want to cry. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's amazing that you were able to heal yourself that way. You know, and then, and what's even more beautiful is that you're now passing that on to others. Yeah. Like I, um, yeah, I didn't, uh, sorry. Woo. Um, take a moment. You getting emotional is like me getting emotional, (laughs) but it's, no, it's, it's a lot that you've gone through at a young age. Yeah. And I just, you don't understand the feel like the contrast and 
you won't understand till like you actually are in my body. But going from being bedridden to suddenly being athletic again and like just feeling that you can do anything and everything and that you are you were given a second chance and that you have yourself back and you feel good and you feel right. Like, girl, I was not thinking about going to no doctor or anything like that. Like, I was like, suddenly, suddenly all of those worries and stresses evaporate. They just evaporate. Something that was so constant in my life, which is hospitals, blood work, needles, medication, stress, suddenly is gone. And I'm like, I don't know that world anymore. And then yeah. I have not have time to like- Live your life. Just live my life and focus on other things and focus on art and focus on music and focus on, you know, writing and focus on enter the whatever dreams that I had in entertainment. So that's, I mean, I do, I do go to like dentists. I think it's like super important to go to doctors. So I think mm-hmm. it's important to get physical checkups, but like Girl, I was going four to four, four to five times a week for to figure out what this thing was and to figure out how to treat it. And now, and now, yeah. And now I'm like living my best life. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Well, I know I asked you to think about like the three beauty products that you're obsessed with, but I would also love to know from like a health perspective, even if there are like teas or just mm-hmm. general your your top three favorite wellness things. First, I don't. I don't know if they're actual products, but the first one is definitely water. Yes. Like how much water? I drink about between, I, I try to drink like a gallon a day. I drink about between like three to four liters a day. Wow. That's personally how much I drink. Let me um, just overemphasize this. My beauty secret, the first thing is water. It's just water. Like your water intake. I did a water challenge back in March. Okay. You know, I got a couple thousand people on Instagram to do this, but- Girl, I can't even tell you. People were sending me, by the second week or the third week of the water challenge, people were sending me pictures of their flawless skin and their glow up and like the energy levels and like feeling like summer during winter. You know what I mean? And so water is definitely my biggest, the number one and the biggest one. The second one, I would say, I always say this, mind your business. Like it's not even a product. It's not even like minding your business. That's beauty advice. It's beauty 101. It's like- Beauty advice is to mind your business because, first of all, less energy spent on like the drama, which will stress you out, break you out, you know, throw your body out of whack and give you more time to be with yourself, to practice self-love, to practice self-care, to like take baths, to like, Mm -hmm. you know, make yourself tea. You'll have more time and energy to do all that when you mind your business. And then the third one. Um, as it as it relates to beauty specifically, I I like to exfoliate my face and my whole body. But but as it we know when it comes to, to to my face, exfoliate it gently, and then I like to apply like natural oils. Nice. So like yeah, almond oil, jojoba oil. Yes. Um, all these oils that are amazing for your skin. And I do face masks. I know that that's I'm trying to like fit in four, five, and six to to three <laughs> a three tiered question. But yeah. What kind of face masks do you do? Uh, I do natural ones. I do like I mix. So if I'm trying to exfoliate, I'll have like, if you have you ever t- tasted like, uh, tasted, taken ground coffee beans? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a, a great, yeah, that's great uh, way to, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I do like honey and like an avocado blueberry mask. Like it'll, nice. it, it depends on like what it is. I'll let it sit for a little bit. And like, I mean, your skin is the biggest organ 
in your body, yeah. in and on your body, right? Yeah. And so like whatever you put on your skin is like is like you eating it. Right. So like that's what I, I think that's kind of the driving philosophy behind stuff, behind what I try to put on my face or try to put on my skin um, for the most part. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm totally the same. And I think there's a lot of resistance to making masks at home. People don't want to do it. And I think maybe because you and I cook, we're more open yeah. to it. But I would really encourage people like just to try it because it's not that hard to do. No, you'd literally just smash stuff in a bowl and then put exactly. it on your face. Exactly. And you save so much money. Like the store-bought stuff, just the results just aren't the same. Black yeah. and white. And it's like you're, you, do, you just have to do it and then you'll see. Especially with honey. Like I'm just like, sometimes when I, when I take it off, I'm like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Have you done Manuka honey? That's like next level honey. No, I actually haven't. Okay. Is you it? Try that next. Okay, I will. Yeah, I really usually good. do like, um, actually usually do like some, some of the raw like raw honey yeah. or else my mom has like a bunch of Sudanese honey like made by Sudanese bees like oh interesting which is cool yes yeah, so I use I use both of those but yeah a lot of people are like well it's I have to go buy the ingredients I'm like no these ingredients should already be in your fridge <laughs> yes exactly exactly so what about the products or even kind of trends that you're seeing that you would love to go away man I see a lot of things I guess I'll preface this with saying that I love the fact that the wellness industry is big right now. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a, it's something that's only going to increase. It's hot, it's trendy, it's sexy. That's a great thing. But with it, you have to know that it's also an industry. I love pr- the promotion of wellness over the opposite. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm grateful for institutions in this wellness industry that make money off of it, and it's mm-hmm. that's totally fine. But then there are things that are like you don't. In order to be well, you don't have to stick. Like I see people do these like really crazy procedures where they're like sticking stuff in their flight. They're not, it's not acupuncture, but they're like these oh, the needles, these and, needles and then these yeah. sucking thingies. Yeah, the and cupping, like, yeah. Very Gwyneth Paltrow goop level wellness. Yeah. And it's like un- unaffordable and inaccessible and it's, and it's fine. Yeah. If you can, if you can afford it and you can do it, go do it. Uh, that's your business. Mm-hmm. But like, I want people to understand that it's accessible. Like, you can have no money yes. and no resources and have yourself and know that that is the biggest wellness step, step that you can take. Yes, that's huge. Self-work and investing in yourself. And like, you don't have to have a jade roller that costs <laughs> 70, even though that it's dope. You don't have to have yeah. a $75 jade roller to try to roll your skin and, and like try to look like or be like these people that you see on Instagram. Nothing wrong with the jade roller. Nothing, I have nothing <laughs> against it, but I'm just saying like it's, you can be well without these things. Yes, that's huge. That's yeah. huge. Would you say the jade roller is, is one of the things you want to see go away? Or you're yeah, fine, you're here yeah, for the jade I'm roller. I'm just like, yeah. you know, girl, I'm yeah. in my business. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go, what do I want to see go away? What about this like paleo caveman, like just eat pure meats and fats diet? Because I feel like that's really intense. And a lot of people like swear by it. I just feel like it's strange to cut out fruit. I understand sugar and I get that sugar is the worst thing ever, but like, to cut out fruits from your diet entirely just seems not balanced. I eat fruit. I love fruit. And I think fruit is on this earth for a reason. Right. And I think and definitely when I was doing my cleanse, I had fruit. Yeah. And fruit is healthy. And right. I have fruit. My body loves fruit. So I don't, I will never cut fruit out. You know, I think people do what works for them. And there are a lot of crazes. I think what I want to see go away is like just, just the hype. They're hype beasting. Everybody's hype beasting all these things that I'm like, I mean, there's, but there's a hype beast culture in every kind of 
culture in, in every kind of industry. And right. definitely, it's definitely taking over the wellness industry. But I want people to at least, at least if you're, if there's going to be that hype, just have, just self-educate and mm-hmm. like, just be able to, to discern what works for you and what's real versus what's hype. The paleo thing, I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about that. I think that, yeah, it's, it's intense. A lot of things are intense, but like what I did was kind of intense too. But I mean, mine was a completely different methodology and philosophy. But, you know, if it, if it works for you, it works for you. One of the things I feel like I really just want to see go away are these flat tummy teas. Oh, it's just like herbal tea has been around for thousands of years. And education around teas to help with digestive issues is available. So like you're buying, I don't even know. I sh- maybe I shouldn't shade flat tummy tea. I don't know the ingredients. Maybe it's amazing. What is, what is flat tummy tea? I actually don't even know what's inside of it. I don't know what's inside of it either, but I just feel like, but you see all the Instagram models like posing yeah. with it and being like, use my flat tummy tea code. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, and again, I always try to my best to mind my business. I have no, I have nothing bad to say about any of these brands, but I do, I think for me, the way I see wellness is less about how you look and how more about how you feel. Inside, right. Yeah. So yeah. like, if you take like a skin, like that, what's that? You know, I don't know if I could swear on this, but like- You can say whatever you want. Skinny bitch pizza. It's extremely successful Wait, that's because- that's a product? No, no, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pizzeria here in New York. Skinny bitch pizza? Yeah. And it's oh, like, gross. it's so popular because of, because of that, because of the play mm-hmm. on the body. You know what I mean? And like how, while people try to promote certain products, they're also shaming mm. body types and they're shaming- Yep. Some features and they're shaming. I don't think that that's wellness. I think wellness is like how you feel and not like trying, you know, y'all keep getting your money, do your thing, you know, launch your business, do whatever. But like, for me, I'm just like, I, I would love to see more brands and more products that promote a way of feeling as yes. opposed to a way yes. of looking yes. or a way of trying to look like somebody else. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a major one. Now, what role does exercise play in your overall approach to health? Exercise is important, kids. Do it. Even though I could be way better at it. Exercise for me has always been a journey because I never agreed. I was always, of course, you try to look a certain way because a lot of people, that's a lot of people's motivation for Mm -hmm. exercising. But for me, I never was consistent with it because I was like, I really don't care enough to go to the gym every single day to get you know, X, Y, Z physical results. Like Mm -hmm. I want to do it because I want to feel a certain way. And so I don't like being in the gym. I like being outside and like swimming. I like athletic stuff that it's, that's fun. I love to dance. I love dancing. So like, I guess it depends on the the form. If it's like, if it's entertaining for me, if I feel like I'm having fun, if I feel free, then that's to me, it's just fitness. And it's like, it's just also a way of life as opposed to like, Got to get up to get that ab to get that, which is fine. And I probably, you know, could do way better in that department. But like, as I am learning myself more, I'm also learning that like, for me, a sustainable way of being is just if I'm like naturally interested in it. And if I'm not having fun doing it. Yeah. Gyms can be miserable. Yeah. And you can feel like you you have to be there. I don't feel like I have to do anything. Yeah. So you put all of your learnings from this experience that you healed yourself from into a book. Yes. And so what can people kind of expect if they take on your cleanse? I think the biggest thing that I want people to know is that like, it's not like other cleanses. It's not a juice cleanse. It's not a program where you get stuff in the mail. And it's an actual bigger process of learning to work 
with yourself to rebuild your relationship with yourself on all levels, physical, mental, and emotional. My cleanse is not just physical for physical relief and physical results. And it didn't just do a physical thing for me. You know what I mean? It did heal me for sure, which is a huge breakthrough and it healed a lot of other people. But it's way more than that. The principles from my cleanse have taught me to do a bunch of other things in my personal life, in my work life. It taught me about work ethic. It taught me about, you know, being in toxic relationships, learning to avoid certain situations, learning to choose better for yourself, learning to rewire your brain and your and your and, and your thought process and like having positive thoughts and like being your biggest cheerleader and your biggest advocate and loving, like being in love with yourself and like just all of these other principles and themes that I couldn't have been taught by anything else. It was like the biggest, I went to school, but like, this was a different kind of school. You know what I mean? Like I, I, girl, I have like degrees, you know what I mean? And I feel, I feel so good because I have the tools to take on anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you under, you have the mind body connection, which and when you don't have it, you don't realize what you're missing. But once you've aligned those two things, it's such a powerful experience. Yeah. And it's, it all just, it all goes down to, and it all boils down to self-love. All of it, all of it is self-love because you can never operate out of fear, right? If you operate out of fear, it, the results will just be fear-driven results. And like, they'll be temporary too, because it's fear is not a sustainable thing, nor is it real. Love is real. Love for yourself is real. Like love for your body is real. Like choosing to cook or choosing to eat better or choosing to drink more water or choosing to hang out with certain people or choosing to remove yourself from certain situations or choosing to pursue and follow your dreams and like work hard, that all boils down to love. And so I think my whole my whole experience just boils down to love. Like I was not going to accept this fate for my body forever. Why? Because I love myself. I'm in love with myself and I, my, I deserve better. Wow. I can't believe you're only 26. I know, girl. I've done lived. I've done lived several lives. <laughs> you really have. Yeah. You really have. Okay. When do you feel most beautiful? Oh, man. I feel most beautiful. I do this thing where I talk to myself. Okay. Like I just do. It's part of my, like, every single day, I actively love on myself. And it's become like a natural way of, of living for me. But I look at myself in the mirror and like I kiss my shoulder and I kiss myself and I tell myself that I'm beautiful. I'm like, you're so beautiful. That's when I feel the most beautiful. When I tell myself that, you know, how sometimes you like you feel like somebody or you have a crush on someone and that person compliments you or tells you you're beautiful. You get like a jittery yeah. that I have have that relationship with myself. So that's when I feel like I compliment myself and I feel like <laughs> Coy, I mean, you're blushing. Yes, I'm in, so in love. And like I and it's man, I, I I wish this upon everybody, but like there's nothing more empowering. And I don't feel sexier than when I tell myself, you are sexy, you look sexy, and I mean it. And that's because I'm in love with myself. Oh, that's so perfect. I can't think of a better note to end the episode on. Thank you so, so much Thank for you. being on. I will link to all of how to find you and get in touch and read your books and everything in the show notes, but this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing. And I'm so glad 
that we've been introduced and that I'm on here yes. and that, you know, this will carry on forever. I'm glad to know you and consider you a friend. Yes, this is beautiful. Thanks. Yes. Thank you so much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.